we just had to adapt to the circumstances that we really created for ourselves and find a way to make it work. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today, I have Malady Jane from Thought Crime. And you may know Malady from such bands as Shroud, Gender, War Machine, It Girl, Cishet on Radar, Spyro Girls, Terse Stems, Zoe, This is a Stick Up, and Not for the Faint of Heart. So, Malady, Welcome to the show. Hi, Sven. Thanks for having me. This is a bonus episode, and today we're going to be talking about the inception of Thought Crime and Thought Crime Now and where Thought Crime is going. So, I want to just say, how did Thought Crime begin? Well, it goes back to like about mid-2019, I'd say. At the time, I was playing in This Is A Stick Up, and I was starting to get more into grind and metalcore and a lot of more intense forms of music. With my like pop-punk band, I didn't really have an outlet for that, so I started looking to do some kind of project in that vein, and I had a little band for a moment that kind of fizzled out before we could do anything and i ended up coming on to this weird little genre called cybergrind mostly through my friend james who is also a 217 area musician his band blind equation was my first introduction to that genre so that kind of gave me the idea to maybe do something digital and maybe open me up to work with someone further out from just the champagne area i literally just put in a uh, discord server at one point like hey does anyone want to make cybergram with me and uh k our producer got back to me and said like i have no idea what that is but i'm down how did you Haley, and k form together to make thought crime well, originally it was just Kay and I working on the instrumentals. We both had projects that were our main thing pre-pandemic. We just kept tossing these like MIDI files back and forth where I'd like write out a riff in MIDI form and send it over and she would like run it through her like production rig in Logic Pro and send it back and maybe like add a part on and we'd just go back and forth until we had a song. So we did that until we had like a pretty solid repertoire of like somewhere like between like eight or 10, 11, something like that songs. And then 
we were like, we need a vocalist for this. So I made a Facebook post that was like, hey, does anyone want to be a vocalist? Not like a like super formal audition, but I was just kind of like, send us an example of you doing vocals. And once we got like a handful, we like listened to them all and we're like, okay, do we like? And Haley was the candidate who we thought was the strongest. I guess this is the part to point out that you live in Illinois, Haley lives in Pennsylvania, and Kay lives in the United Kingdom. This is like, it's not just here in the United States, it's it's like international, let's just say. I think it's just really fascinating that that has somehow come come out of our ability to communicate and then also share things digitally with each other. Like, when did the name Thought Crime come about? Actually, I had that, I had that, like, in my back pocket. It, like, literally just, like, popped into my head while I was playing rock band one day, at least a year, maybe two, before we started doing this. So, when it became clear that this was, like, going to be a thing that was going to happen, I was like, I have a name. And then I found out later that I wasn't as clever as I thought I was because the group Neckbeard Death Camp has a track called that this is happening you're creating and exchanging these midi files and then receiving audio files back and then Haley is adding vocals when did it start to gel as wow we actually have something we have a bunch of songs now well by the time Haley had come in this was already like somewhere in between like january and march of 2020 the first track we got finished all the way through was raw And then we pretty much just immediately put that out as a digital single. You know, around that time, the entire world shut down and suddenly all of these, like we were all in other bands that were like our like main project at the time. And all of that had to stop. So now suddenly for all three of us, this was like our main musical project that we were doing. We got a couple more songs done and released them as singles, like pretty much after we finished them. At some point we were like, we should start holding these back for some kind of, at the time we were just thinking of it as an EP because it was only like 15 minutes worth of music. But Haley was living with her parents at the time. So she didn't always have the house to herself to record very often. So over that summer, we like kind of gradually got these songs together and reached out to a bunch of people to collaborate and it wasn't until like pretty close to the date we released it which is actually two years ago today that we actually got it all finished up and that release was on your computer and the day that we're recording is uh november 20th so happy birthday to on your computer i can't believe that it's been two years it seems like that just came out and then your newest release, Digital Drift, just came out not that long ago on on October 28th, I believe. And that's also been a very unique journey in itself. Like, not only did you create a whole album without being in the same rooms in terms of your collaboration, but you were able to assemble it and put it with each person contributing their part and then having a final product, which I'm just like, how... How does that even happen? There's there's like 
if you haven't really seen a person face to face or in person, it's like there's a huge amount of trust, I feel like, especially since you're lending a creative endeavor. It just boggles my mind how that can happen. I'm just curious. So then you released on your computer and how was that received by most people? It seemed like on on Twitter, it, it got picked up pretty much by the Cybergrind community like yeah yeah crazy through some old friends locally i had met uh like james who i mentioned before and a bunch of other people like Corey from zombie shark jay who plays drums in dr acula and various other people who all had their hands in the scene in various capacities and you know i was like sharing this stuff as we were working on it and it was like starting to take shape that i think really helped with the reception that that album received i made sure to post it i mean obviously we couldn't like go out and play shows because it was like november of 2020 and it was still like the height of the pandemic. Really, the internet was like the only way we had to like get it out there. So I was like posting it in various Discord servers and Facebook groups. I know the community around the podcast Mathcore Index was a big one. And those guys who run that podcast, I think, were some of our earliest and like biggest supporters around that time that was probably like the biggest name podcast or anything like that that was like waving our flag we like got a lot of these musicians we were friends with like Corey and james to do guest vocals on that record there was like crossover with those artists existing fan bases and it was like a similar kind of genre how did prosthetic records hear of you or is 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 that, a, is that still a mystery? Like, how did that connection happen? Because your newest release, Digital Drift, was picked up by Prosthetic Records and was put on three variants, even, of vinyl, that, and they're beautiful looking. How did you get discovered, so to speak? So, Steve, I think he's like the main US label manager. There were like a handful of underground DIY hardcore groups that he had been following. We did this four-way split with the bands Karama, PS You're Dead, and the Queen Guillotines. And so Steve happened to catch that that was happening and listened to our stuff and was impressed. And he ended up reaching out to us via email like, hey, do you all have any label right now? Or would you be interested in signing? Which came as like a huge shock to us. Like we did not have any expectation of this going anywhere beyond just like a fun little side project. So we went back and forth hammering out a contract and ended up feeling comfortable enough to sign with them. At that point, it was like, well, now we got to really hit the ground running and finish up a record. At that time, was anything even written for Digital Drift or was it like, oh crap, we got to create a whole album now we had a handful of songs like i know the oldest one on that album central dogma had been like hanging around since the on your computer period and there were others that were just starting to take shape around that time but we were also like concurrently like working on that four-way split and the other two splits we put out over the past year and a half like before we announced the record there was a lot going on. Once we had like a certain amount of songs written, we 
put a bunch together that we felt were strong and fit together well. We were like, okay, these are the ideas that we're going to chase for LP2. Did you have a, a like a concept of what the overall album would be about? I've spent a little time listening to it, and I feel like it feels cohesive, which considering where thematically the music goes sometimes you've got disco beats sometimes you've got like very poppy kind of synthy sounds and then you've got just like these beautiful kind of vocoder uh, or auto-tune kind of sounds you know which you associate kind of with the pop pop sound but then it just digs down and, and it's just dark and just nails it so i i just would you say that that characterizes Cybergrind, or is that more of just a direct thought crime style? It's definitely our approach to it, I would say. There's a common thread among a lot of the artists doing that to like mix grind and death metal and metalcore ideas with like techno and jungle and hardcore of the electronic variety. I wouldn't say that we're like the first group to ever like have pop ideas make it into their cyber grind sound but Haley's musical influence is definitely like in that sort of pop world to a large degree and Kay definitely has like a lot of skill like putting together those kind that kind of like very clean spacey but punchy kind of PC music style production also like seamlessly blending it with like the chaotic grindcore kind of stuff as far as like how it all came together as far as the theme goes i think in those early stages it was mostly we were thinking like instrumentally what we wanted to do we were kind of like playing around with a lot of eclectic ideas definitely like being kind of all over the place with the splits that we did i think our general idea at that point was to just kind of take what we experimented with on those like smaller releases and take the, the bits that we liked best, blend it all in in a way that felt cohesive. And then Haley did a lot of the writing and added vocals in over like the back half of last year into like January, February of this year. How would you say the methods changed or have they changed between the creation of on your computer to digital drift because i feel like and and maybe it was because the pressure was on but i feel like digital drift has definitely a more polished tight sound to it i don't know if that's a good way to describe it but i i'm just curious if was there an equipment change was there anything added that makes it stand out in that way that it, it sounds more polished. Well, I think the biggest thing was like in the interim, we added Dot, who's also a Champagne local and played in a lot of different bands over Worry, had the solo project Decimal, also played in Sty and Kilute. We invited her to join because uh, she had sent us these like kind of like, oh, hey, I'm playing with like drum programming and like making breakbeats and stuff. And it was this really wild like dillinger escape plan style technique techie grind math core drums and we were like how about you do that for us yeah <laughs> so dots drum programming really is what i think took these songs and like 
it was kind of like the like secret secret seasoning that like made it really special like i in particular one moment that i think really exemplifies that is like there's like a little one bar samba break in this is my breakdown where it just goes into that groove for like a very brief moment and goes straight back into the like four on the floor like hard rock drums you know i would have neither the thought to even do that in the first place nor like the ability to actually like write that out in a way that felt like anything more than like somebody like who doesn't know anything about drums trying to do it so that was one thing also Haley has been dabbling more and more with dipping her toes into our production on on your computer she had mostly just done vocals but like a big part of uh, one of the split tracks attack its weak point for massive damage was done by her production wise there were oh like a handful of places on this new record that she had like recorded like a synth bit or like put together like some like sound design stuff and Kay kind of mixed it into the overall sound and then as far as like the sound of the record overall like the mix Kay really went in and got some new like plugins and stuff i know there, there were a handful of spots where i actually recorded live guitars but it was still mostly like programmed guitars so she spent a lot of time like dialing in like the drum sound and the guitar sound and everything to make it feel like a step up because we were still doing all the like producing mixing mastering in house we all agreed that we wanted it to sound like okay, this is an album put out by a reasonably big label. We want it to sound like it belongs there. Ultimately, I think she did a really good job. This is the part that people will say, okay, so you were able to create an album. You were able to put all the pieces together and make an album together. How are people going to go and see you live? How did that iteration of the live Thought Crime band come together like especially if you're writing these parts in midi did you have to learn those parts on guitar after so i mean (laughs) you're you're nodding so (laughs) um i'm just curious how did how did that part because you can't always have every single member at every single show that's not tenable but how did you figure out to put those together to make that happen the earliest live stuff we were doing was just Haley doing vocals with a backtrack. You know, we weren't really doing anything around here because we were like, oh, well, our vocalist lives out in Philly. We kept getting like these show offers. And at some point we were just like, we should start trying to make them happen. The first one we were going to try to do was going to be at Birdhouse. And I had asked James to be our vocalist for the night. But unfortunately, I caught COVID shortly before that. And I don't remember whether the show went on or not. But that like thought crime featuring Blind Equation as we build it ended up not happening. I had like gone to the trouble of like learning all these songs and finding out the ones that were like the easiest to adapt to real guitar and dot has been doing a remarkable job of playing the drum parts and then at some point i asked my brother to do vocals and he graciously accepted so that's how we kind of started playing shows in like central illinois and the midwest our latest addition to the live group of briar doing live electronics for bass and we've done a, a handful of practices and it's sounding really cool and i 
like that it kind of like brings the like cyber aspect of it back because we haven't really had that in our Illinois shows. So yeah, now there's a live thought crime in like each region that we inhabit. Like we have this band out here. Haley's been doing the like vocals and backtrack thing and added in our friends Tyler from New York who plays like six string bass. And then Kay has actually been working out like doing the entire thing as a, like a DJ set essentially and trying to like get a hold of promoters out in the UK. It's almost like Thought Crime has a whole bunch of cover bands. Does that sound right? Like it amazes me this idea of you could go and hear the same songs in all three places and they would all have a very distinct flavor to them and their own personal touch. So it's just this, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't really think of any band that does that where it's, you know, there's, <laughs> there's like different, different iterations of the, of the same group, in a in a weird way. Does it, did that make sense at all? Yeah. yeah. It, it's like... We just had to adapt to the circumstances that we really created for ourselves and find a way to make it work. And I think the like overall way that we've made this work out is just the idea that like as long as we have at least one of the like core members of the group, they can like fill out the lineup with whoever they need to and like do whatever kind of instrumentation is necessary to bring that to a physical space. So knowing that you might have to play these songs live, did that affect the way that you wrote the songs going forward? Yes, definitely. Obviously for the first record, I was just kind of like throwing notes on like a MIDI piano roll not really thinking about like, oh, what key is this in? Or what tuning is this in? Or like, did I write this too fast for a human being to play? Uh, these were not questions that I was asking myself. Once it became apparent that we were going to start treating this more like an actual band going forward, we started writing more like, okay, this is like written as if it would be drop C guitar. Still writing some very technical, challenging stuff, some of which I still have yet to nail down on the guitar, but it definitely made it easier. And I'll just say the fact that Digital Drift is all of our newest songs is not the only reason that it is like the majority of the songs that we're playing live right now. It's definitely the the nature of our existence now with social media and so there's like there's an online presence but there's the in real life presence it's fascinating to me that there's this disconnect isn't the right word but i mean it's it's a very much the the thing of what you see online isn't necessarily maybe what you will see in real life but it doesn't necessarily diminish either one mm -hmm. so which i i just I find that amazing. What's next for Thought Crime? We've already demoed out and come up with a track list for our next record. The next thing will be to flesh out those songs and get them all finalized. So we're shooting for hopefully putting that third record out sometime in like, I want to say 2024. In the meantime, we have some other plans in motion both with new music and with some of our older songs have you met Kay in real life no 
I'm like, that's crazy. Have you at least, uh, have you at least zoomed with Kay? Yeah, we have, oh. we have done like plenty of like video calling and stuff, oh, okay. but never actually got all four of us in the same room. That is another thing that we want to do in the future. Cause obviously it's weird being in a band with someone and never having met them but also be nice to just like be able to hang out and make music together in person well now we've already planned out our entire next record but for one of our future records we definitely want to like all like go into a studio and actually record like the traditional band way well obviously it'll be very different than how we've done things before and it'll be interesting to see how that comes together and obviously like what effect it has on the sound. It's just bonkers. And I'm sure that in a a very real way, this has got to feel very surreal as well. Like how four band members that have never actually joined and have been in the same room can get a record label contract and create a record. Melody, thank you so much for being on the show again. And telling me about Thought Crime and how that all came together and the creation of the album on your computer and also Digital Drift, getting a record label contract and just being able to create with people near and far. It's been a real pleasure and I really appreciate you coming out here to talk with me. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on again. Thank you for listening to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. This is Mallory Jane from Thought Crime reminding you, great music is out there. Go find it where you live. Champagne is also a band. You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) South Beaker on the inside.